This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. We need a truly great leader now. And we also need a cheerleader. We need somebody that can take the brand of the United States and make it great again. It's not great again. Ladies and gentlemen, I am officially running for President of the United States, and we are going to make our country great again. Man, that was incredibly motivational and exciting and thrilling. That was almost exhilarating. That was rousing and that was gripping and compelling. That was intoxicating. That was powerful. That was electrifying. That was invigorating. That was 2015. <laughs> uh, this, for comparison, last. We will not be intimidated. We will persevere. We will stand tall in the storm. We will march forward into the torrent. And we, in the end, will win. Our country will win. We will win. Because of our great congressmen and all of our great congressmen and congresswomen. All right, so I, I think we get That the was point. like robot Trump. That was way different. It was crazy. Than 2015, watching that last night. And I hate to say, but if I'm being honest, it was almost disappointing. You know, you get out the popcorn. Can't wait to see this. Can't wait to see uh, what happens, despite even my... Uh, believes going into it that it's, it's not a good idea for him to run for president. Somebody with those good, smart, intelligent, conservative American ideas, I don't care if it's DeSantis, whoever it is, uh, yeah, take those ideas into the White House. It doesn't necessarily have to be Trump. So going into it, I was, you know, for being honest, was a little like, okay, um, wow. What was your reaction? I know what they're saying in the political arena, and it seems uh, kind of universal. As a matter of fact, we glanced at our text this morning, 874-9390. It seems kind of universal. And I want to step aside here for a second. Last week, Gary Nolan uh, hosts the Gary Nolan Show uh, weekdays <clears throat> from 9 to noon here on the radio station. Uh, I thought he was very uh, very bold and very confident and very accurate in some of his comments uh, regarding the election, Trump specifically. And I say that because he's he's caught a lot of flack. Listen, it's one thing to carry, you know, carry the flag. You know, this here's the party. And that's one of the things I think that we don't ever really I don't think we do. You can say that about a lot of folks, a lot of media outlets, but I don't think you can say that about the radio stations here. I don't think you could say that about Gary Nolan. I don't think you can say that about Wake Up Mid-Missouri. We don't carry the flag for anybody. We just, hey, here's uh, here's how we see it. How do you see it then? 874-9390 and off the tack seems um, pretty universal. Yeah, w listen, we love what's in that skull of yours, Trump. We love that. But uh, let somebody else do it. And I'm trying to think... Does it, Marsh, do you know, so this would be the third time that he's run for president. Offhand, do you know who, uh, other folks that have run three times, at least for president? <clears throat> did Teddy Roosevelt? Um, for I'll, some reason, Teddy did, because yeah. I know he ran, you know, when they created the Bull Moose Party after challenging Taft for the Republican nomination. And ultimately, Woodrow Wilson ended up winning that race. I'm thinking he ran three Will, times. William, Jenny, William Jennings Bryan, and you had asked me this earlier, Brandon, and I, I, I did check, and I, did, I told you earlier I thought it was, and it is. 
he ran three times for president of the United States and was the Democratic nominee, 1896, 1900, 1908. And one of those conventions was in St. Louis, and he delivered what was called the Cross of Gold speech. My great-grandmother remember talking. It was a big deal. He was... Um, for lack of a better term, he was a, a populist before there was a populist. Um, never never made it to president, but he was a huge, huge name. There may be others that, I mean, it depends. Grover on, Cleveland. Well, yeah. because Won he, and he, he, then lost and then won. He'd that's be the right. only, if Trump won again, true. Grover Cleveland would be the only one that has done that in the past. And non-consecutive firms, exactly. But uh, the Jen, Jennings Bryan's the only other one that I can think of. Um, and in, in Trump would also be very similar to what Stephanie said, if he were to win, if he were to win, um, being non-consecutive terms. Um, my reaction to the speech is that, is, you know, he is still very popular with a lot of our listeners. Make no mistake sure. about it. I listened to some of the callers. They were Some of them were furious with Gary, although some of them complimented Gary. Same with Randy Tobler. But I went back and looked at the 2016 numbers, Brandon, very quickly, and 2020 numbers for Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton and also Joe Biden. He won the exact percentage in the state in a presidential election, which is unheard of in this day and age. Missouri used to be a bellwether. 56.8% of the vote. He had 1.6 million votes, essentially, in Missouri in 2016. 1.7 million votes. You get 57% of the vote in a presidential race in this state. That's essentially a landslide. The thing is... Will it? Will he still be popular here? I don't know. It depend on the uh, primary voters and eventually the general. And there are certainly his critics in the party and outside the party, too. By the way, I need to rephrase the question, asking who's run for president three times or, uh, or more, with the exception of Leonard Steinman in Jefferson City. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I should have made I that qualifier. <laughs> I didn't know this, but I, uh, Politico, in, in 2015, wrote an article called The Death of the Three-Time Candidate and kind of went through who has run for multiple terms, and they or multiple times, and they said, basically, now, like, if you lose, like, you know, you're not going to do it again. You just It's just not happening. But apparently, there's, like, a federal... Leonard Steinman, uh, Harold Stassen, Stassen is remembered as the grand old party's grand old loser. The one-time boy governor ran for president 10 times hmm. between 1948 and 1992. The article does reference William Jennings Bryan. It also represents uh, uh, references Henry Clay. And they said he ran for president four times. But you used to be able to do it a lot. And they said now, basically. And I mean, you see the pictures of how old people look once they've... <laughs> <laughs> well, they've yeah. served as the president, but like the campaign yeah. also is just it's hard. It's it's Clay. it's really hard on you in today and the amount of money that you need. I mean, it's it, it's, it's 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 going to be an uphill battle for and Trump. Leonard Steinman, by the way, and I haven't seen him for a while, but he's the guy you would see I for years. I think he's been ill in Jefferson City, and I always like him to the man, uh, uh, the Chris Farley character, Matt Foley on mm. Saturday Night Live back in the nineties, and a living a man down by the river. He always reminded me of that. But Leonard Stein was the guy you see in Jefferson City all the yes. time, sitting outside of his vehicle saying, running for president. Yeah, exactly. And, and I do believe he's battling some illness. Stephanie's a great name there. And Henry Clay was known as the Great Compromiser. And I'd forgotten about him. He was he was called the Great Compromiser because he compromised so much and he was so well respected. But in the end, it was uh, the slavery issue that kind of did him in uh, from the presidential standpoint. The only other name I'd bring up, and Stephanie's right, generally when someone loses, they don't come back. But there are exceptions. 
And one that comes to mind immediately is Governor Ronald Reagan, 1976, Kansas City, Missouri at Kemper Arena. He was sitting up in the balcony with, with his wife, Nancy. And I remember distinctly the national news media, his, his political career is over. Four years later, he defeated Jimmy Carter in a landslide. He challenged Gerald Ford in the primary, almost beat him. But the conventional wisdom was he was gone. He was going to be defeated, but, and he came back. Did Hillary, did Hillary run three times? I don't she I won lost. in 08. She won in 08. Yeah. When I say won, she ran in 08 and then ran in 16. I'm only aware of twice for her. We would not get that lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I do want to cover, like, so who are some of the Dems that people might be talking about 2024 with the exception of Joe in case he decides not to run in 2024? And I'm wondering, so Biden, he ran in, was it 88? 88. 82? He ran in 88. So I wonder, is it just interesting trivia and i'm just thinking out loud which is always dangerous but is there anybody that's run for president more than once with a longer gap in between presidential campaigns that's a great point i don't think so not that i'm aware of and uh if you contrast his positions because i remember that campaign in 1988 and he was considered a favorite michael dukakis ended up winning the primary Michael Dukakis ended up winning the the primary and was the nominee, and he was about 20 points ahead of Mr. Bush at the time. Biden's policies and his stances, totally different than they are now. I know people evolve, but he was... Gosh, some of these positions were borderline conservative. They yeah. don't they don't evolve. They backtrack. <laughs> uh, well, you were talking about the Democrats, you know, <laughs> potentially. I mean, gosh, we keep hearing about Pete Buttigieg after you get past Biden and Kamala Harris and all. But, you know, he was in the hunt uh, the time before. Maybe, maybe he's a potential candidate. Gretchen Whitmer, you know. Yeah, there's an opinion article in the New York Times, and they throw out all sorts of different names. But that was at the top of the list. You, they said Whitmer, Buttigieg, and Kamala Harris. And Gavin then, Newsom. Yeah, next on the and, and then next on the list, Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, Roy Cooper, Sherrod Brown, J.B. Pritzker, and Ro Khanna. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's lots of names on the list. This this person apparently thinks that Gavin Newsom is on the outs. He's he under the headline. Let's see, what did he say? Like people that he's not super interested in. Uh, he put he said, "I'm not just I'm not feeling it." He put Bernie Sanders, AOC, Newsom, and Michelle not Obama. <laughs> Michelle Obama on that list too. But yeah. I mean, they they do they have kind of a deep bench on the like in Missouri they've got nobody right they, it, it's it's not looking good for them but on the federal level I mean if if Biden's out you know I do feel like I did you know we've we talked about if Kamala wants it I don't think they can skip her I don't think they can leapfrog her but there's a lot of folks that would be next in line I think uh, Ralph yeah I think she ran uh, talking about people that have run Joe Biden Rick wants to know three times I'm not sure. Uh, and the other thing that I wonder, so we kind of know if, if we look at leadership here in the show me state for, for uh, talk of uh, people running for governor in 2024, you have Ashcroft or secretary of state and uh, ter- uh, lieutenant uh, uh, governor Mike Kehoe. Any names, John, and, and have you been hearing any names on the Democrat side that might potentially make a run at Governor Nicole Galloway, our current auditor, who's on her way out? Would she try again? No. She's not I don't think that. so. And I haven't heard any Democrat names on a state level. Uh, and here's why. I don't think there really are a whole lot of Democrat lawmakers on a state. I mean, look this year, their first their their top candidate, the top of the ticket, Trudy Bush Valentine, and even the guy who was gonna get it before her, Lucas Kuntz, were like 
unheard of. They were no, no, but like nobody's last year, right? Like nobody, not on the political scene. Um, and so they had to pluck people out of regular society. Yeah, I don't know who they would put up. Uh, Trudy Bush Valentine, if you don't recognize the name, she had a huge smash hit over the summer. The <laughs> Trudy Bush Valentine campaign song. Uh, welcome into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. We are so glad that you are here. And here's a, we'll, we'll leave you with a little bit of uh, good news. Here's something positive. If you look at, uh, if you look at uh, a house map right now nationwide, by the way, Republicans just need one win to control the House. Should very likely happen. But you look at the country, man. You look at a red-blue map, and it is all red except the coast. The coast. Yeah, California and uh, and New York. Coming up here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, we're going to be doing What's Hot with uh, Hannah, who's swallowing horse pills this morning. She's, uh, <clears throat> do you know, what have you been uh, diagnosed with? Um, I have a double ear infection and strep. Oh, ouch. Adult ear infections are one of the worst things I've ever experienced in my life. Especially when it's one of the family members here. <laughs> but she's <laughs> pulling. painful. She's, I'm struggling. Yeah. Uh, do you, you know what we should do for What's Hot with Hannah, which is a really cool thing. We do it every morning, seven, or, yeah, every morning, 725. Just some kind of fun, kind of hip, what people might be talking about at work, something you can drop on your friends after work tonight. You know what I thought might be fun, since it is such a cool feature, is to get one of our old news guys, like John Marsh or Brian Halsworth. Get Brian Halsworth to do What's Hot with Hannah. What do you have for us, Hannah? Well, Brandon, there's a new business venture that I think you might be interested in. And it involves your shoes. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. 25-ish, which means, and I'll save Hannah a few words here, it's 726. <laughs> She's not feeling well. She's swallowing horse pills this uh, this morning. What's hot with Hannah today? I feel bad even having you do this, actually. You had messaged me earlier and asked what was hot with Hannah, and I thought that meant you were going to do it for me, but it's okay. I know, and I thought, well, what if we got Marsh to do it? I'm game. Yeah. Uh, what's hot on your mind today, John? Um, shoes. <laughs> and that's why Hannah does it. What do you have for us today, Hannah? Well, there was a, you know, I love to talk about weird auction items. Uh, Steve Jobs auctioned off, well, he didn't auction it off himself because he's not here. Uh, somebody auctioned off. Strep throat, she still got it, Steph. <laughs> yep. Okay. Some 1970s Birkenstock sandals that belonged to Steve Jobs went up for auction this week, and they brought almost $220,000. So Why my, would you buy someone's used shoes? I guess the way Birkenstocks work is the longer you wear them, like your foot kind of gets imprinted into the cork. Wow. And so... It, I guess it's cool that his feet were imprinted into the shoes. I guess. <laughs> if you bought them, do you put them like in a in a like, freezer in a in a case in your home, like on display in your foyer? What? Where do they go? Well, I think Brandon's missing out on, you know, <laughs> an opportunity to make a big chunk of change. Because if Steve Jobs sold some sandals for two hundred and twenty thousand dollars, think about how much Brandon Rathert could sell some flip flops for. I wonder what the psychology is to people that buy weird stuff from famous people. Never done it. Don't care. Especially <laughs> flip-flops. Or like old cake. 
right? <laughs> that was the last what's all with Hannah. Do you want to buy someone's old wedding cake? Grow like Steve Jobs, you know, if you've got his his uh, Birkenstocks, you'd have to display them next to your Macintosh and have a match set, I would think. Right? There you go. I mean, there are people out there who like, I mean, their whole house is full of like Elvis stuff, right? So the question of the day is how much would yeah. you pay for a pair of Brandon Rathert sandals? $5. I was just bragging to Steph yesterday. We were talking about the cost of shoes as she sits here in her pink Ugg boots this morning, which you can see on our YouTube channel. Wake up uh, mid-Missouri. Those pretty, uh, pretty hand-smoked boots, by the they way. They are really cute. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. This is not Ukraine's fault. Russia bears ultimate responsibility as it continues its illegal war against Ukraine. That's Jen Stoltenberg, NATO Secretary General. Missile yesterday kills two in Poland, and immediately, who's? Oh, it was it was Russia. And I think even the ordinary, average, everyday Joe, even ears kind of perked up and said, "Whoa, Russia did that? What are they doing now?" Ever since the tragic events of January the twentieth of twenty twenty one, where Vlad's on opening, he went in, he invaded Ukraine. Now, what is Russia doing? Are they going to go and bomb? Uh, other NATO countries, and it's almost, I think, maybe I'm stretching here on this comparison, we all need a scapegoat. Uh, the Republicans right now, in the lack of the red wave, the scapegoat is Donald Trump to an extent. Mm -hmm. uh, so who fired this uh, missile at Poland? Killed two people. Easy scapegoat is Russia. How come? Because Ukraine needs help, and 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 it's to their benefit. And I, earlier I said, you know, we should know whose missile this is. Like we we can do lots of really important things, and like we can we can intercept other people's missiles. So like it shouldn't be a secret. But yeah, if Ukraine's like, oh, maybe it was Russia. Of course, then you know we're we're on the hook. We're saying, oh, today all of a sudden we're going to send some more money. And I think everyone else was like, oh, if Russia's starting to bomb other people, now we're all on Team Ukraine. Uh, but turns out maybe it was an accident. Uh, are bad. Somebody going to Poland. Hey, uh, can we get that back? Uh, it's it's our bad. We didn't mean to do that. Accident. Uh, but they're saying it's related to the Ukraine. As uh, Mr. Stoltenberg there from NATO says, it's still the the the, the blame does lie at the feet of uh, Russia. Good morning and welcome into Wake Up Mid Missouri. Uh, my name is Brandon Rather. There's John Marsh. Good morning, bud. Good morning. Producer Hannah, we're trying to keep her limited as to what she says on the air. Uh, she's not uh, feeling well. By the way, we want to talk about Nova. Don't know if you've ever heard of this phrase. Brian Houseworth is here. And to my left, Stephanie Bell, whose uh, who's, uh, uh, law firm just recently got some really big kudos, named like one of the top uh, top law firms in America. Uh, yeah, I forget which. <laughs> I mean, we've gotten a lot lately. Um, but we're finally <laughs> humble brag. But we're finally uh, taking time out of not out of lawyering, away from lawyering. But yeah, I've got some help, so we're posting some stuff on social media that probably should have been posted a while. Um, I think this one, what was it? Was it Best Law Firms? Oh, there's so many awards. I don't remember which there one are. it was. Brandon. U.S. News Best Law Firms for 2022. So, yes, we are very excited about that. So, U.S. News, for example, um, if you're in Columbia and you're driving down Broadway and you go by Boone Hospital, they always have those banners. U.S. News, you know, one of the best hospitals uh, uh, in America. So, kudos to Ellen Gerard. Well, but what's really sad is they also have this thing called Super Lawyers, and you get to be on it, but there's also, like, the kids' table, like, at Thanksgiving, and it's called Rising Stars. And last year, I was I talked to the people, because they call you, they try to sell you all sorts of plaques and weird stuff, and I said, can I, when, when can I, I, I mean, I'm thankful to be a rising star, but, like, 
is it time? Can I can I join the adult table? And they're like, maybe next year. Guess what list I'm on? Rising stars again. I'm like, come on. When is my star? When has my star done risen? Scott Fawn, <laughs> uh, uh, who hosts this week in Missouri politics. <clears throat> And has uh, the Missouri Times. He called you a rising star in the media world several months ago. Oh, yeah. When he talked about you potentially which being is, a pick for attorney general for the state of Missouri. Rising which is star. fair because I've only been in the media world for a year. So I wouldn't say, like, I'm, you know, at the top of my game. I'm learning. I've learned a lot in the last year. I'm thankful for the opportunity. But I wouldn't say that. But I've been doing lawyering for now almost 15 years. And so... It's time. I should be a super lawyer, not just a rising star. Come on. Incidentally, I've um, been involved with lawyers for a lot of years, too. (laughs) (laughs) You're a super client. Super client. (laughs) Did you pay your bills? (laughs) Listen, I remember the second, my second divorce in Idaho. And my divorce attorney was Susan Roy. She was, I guess, the stereotypical bulldog. That's who you wanted. And I'll never forget when I walked into her firm. And I remember the the receptionist at the front desk just looking at me like, you're back, huh? That wasn't long. You know, I do. I tell a lot of my folks, you know, and, and lawyering is hard in that way because if you're in sales or business, you try to have repeat customers. But for a lot of my clients, I say, I hope I, I you know, I hope we solved your problem and I hope to never see you again, right? Like, I hope, I hope if someone, you know, has an issue you that you tell them to call me. But for you, I hope that I, you know, I hope you aren't in legal trouble in the future, right? Yeah. And, and, but it sounds like you were, you were a repeat customer. I had my punch card. Every, oh, Brandon. Every time I'd, I'd, I'd walk in. It's Nine like, arrests, he gets a free sub sandwich. <laughs> uh, when I was going to my divorce attorney, it's like, man, every time I went in, in there, it's like they were expanding the law firm. There was a new addition here, an atrium over there. It was like they were always in I asked uh-huh. them. And I'm like, man, what are you guys doing? Well, thanks to you, Mr. Rather. <laughs> <laughs> we're a rising star in the uh, divorce uh, world. Uh, have you ever heard of, listen, I have an ego sometimes. I think we all do. That's what drives us. I think that's what, to an extent, drives very successful people. That's why I'm so bitter about not making the adults list. Don't act like you're not guilty, Steph. I'm guilty. Uh, but actually, you know, some of the most humble people I know, John, and I'm going to brag on you, you're one of the most humblest folks I know. Yeah, I'm very self-effacing. Just ask me. Yeah. Uh, Brian <laughs> Brian Houseworth, I think, is another humble uh, fellow. But we get braggadocious sometimes, and I joke and I kid around sometimes about not having <clears throat> had COVID. And yes, it was not. Uh, when, as a matter of fact... I feel worse today, and I don't want to get personal here, but I feel worse today than how I felt yesterday. And uh, but it was just, yesterday was just uh, just horrible. And what do I always brag about? Can't be COVID. I haven't had COVID. Everybody in this room who's had COVID, raise your hands. Yeah. I had it. And I have. Howlsworth, Marsh. Everybody's had it. Except for me, and I get kind of braggy. Well, and I did too because I had friends, and they were so judgmental, you know, early on, and they like I was traveling everywhere, and and actually, one of my friends, they they had a scare, and they go, "We can't catch COVID before the bells." Mm -hmm. Like I deserve to have COVID, and they were like, "I can't believe you're, you know." Tisk tisk, you're traveling, you're not wearing a mask, blah blah blah, and they all got it before me, and I was like, ha ha, but I got it in, <laughs> but I got it in January, and you're still in that spot where you're like, ooh, and I think you've had it. Well, and, and everyone I know has had it. I'm pretty sure, except for you. I'm, and you're I'm, just in denial. It's denial, 
or I'm, I'm getting a compliment. I almost feel like I'm not the cool kid. Then I brag jokingly that, oh, it's those superior Rather jeans. My dad hasn't had it either. My that he knows about. That he knows about. I have never tested positive for COVID. Because t- you've never tested. No, I've, <laughs> I've tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Novid. Novid. Am I a, a Novid? And what uh, what doctors uh, have been doing? They've been looking at folks uh, say, okay, you haven't had COVID. What is it? Is it those superior Rather genes? I haven't seen that in all the studies I looked up yesterday. I could not find uh, that it had anything to do with Rather genes. But it's some things like, uh, so let's say you get a home test and you test positive. Uh, like next week, I'm f- flying to Idaho and I've had to debate this. I've been even asking friends about it in private. Like, hey, if for some reason uh, I were to get COVID before I'm flying to Idaho to go see the grandkids, would I say, I can't fly. Uh, I have COVID. Or, mm. right? Yeah. Would you wear just wear a mask or something? I don't know. No, if I'm going to be selfish, I'm all in, man. I'm not going to wear... You're just going to cough on everybody. <laughs> no, no, you should not do that. But, like, at the same time, I think the airlines, they've stopped doing, like, the. they will charge you a change fee. Like, you can't just, like, move your flights. Like, because during COVID, during COVID COVID, you could move your flights or cancel, cancel your flights without losing any money. But now I don't think you could do that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Plausible don't, deniability, is that what you're going with? That's right. Just not going to test? I'm going to play dumb. Well, you sound way better today than you did yesterday so i don't think it's covid and the funny thing is i i feel i feel uh worse but no but (laughs) uh people that uh or they get a test and they don't report like if you're taking an at-home test do you do you call up the jefferson county uh uh uh, jefferson city health department do you call cole county do you call cal say hey just so you know i went to uh i I went to the uh, drugstore and i got a test and i tested positive so you can add to your numbers no, yeah. you don't. And actually, I kind of got into it with my school district about this because one of my kids had COVID over summer school and they were calling us and I, I, I pulled my kid out. I followed the protocol. Um, but then like a week later, they were calling me like every day and they're like, well, they wanted to know when, what day she tested positive, all of these things. And I'm like, why? Why is that any of your business? If, you know, if she doesn't currently have COVID and if she was out of school for five days, then, you know, then it's, why, why, why do you need to know all this? And they're like, well, for reporting purposes, reporting to who? You know, I got really, I got really sensitive about it. And yeah, I don't feel like, why, why should I have to tell you? Did you pull the old, don't you know who I am? No, I did not do that. She's but a rising just, star. But it's like, but but <laughs> Look again, at these publications. They're I like have two we, of them that have called me a rising star. <laughs> but it, you know, they want it like they're keeping some sort of number yeah. list, and I'm just thinking, as long as I'm not in, as long as I'm following the the, the policy, then you don't need to know about my personal health care details or my kids' personal health care details. No, thank you. Um, some doctors say. It, is it genes? Scientists looking for associations between specific genes and disease can undertake genome-wide association studies. The effect of individual genetic variations on disease risk is usually very small. So identifying them requires large numbers of people and factoring in other variables that make us all different. In other words, they're going back to uh, the superior Rathert uh, uh, gene sequencing. I would not get too cocky. I know, because the and, and every time I, I I've never tested positive for COVID, and I've uh, over the past two and a half, almost three years.
years now. My oh, goodness. Gosh. Uh, you know, I've been sick a few times and I've taken tests and um, it's just nothing. True story. We were about, I don't know, less than a year into this thing and I went to my doctor. My doctor and I, we have uh, an interesting relationship, like Hannity and Combs almost back in the day uh, on, the, on the TV. We get along, but he doesn't like my politics and he lets me know it. But we get along. I I'm asked. just proud of you as a man for having a relationship with a doctor because most men, you'd be like, who's your doctor? They'd be like, I don't know. And like, when's the last time you went to the doctor? I don't know. Well, it's a fairly new thing. Okay. Five years. Uh, you know how I am about uh, uh, commitment. <laughs> but I got to, you know, I thought, yeah, you know, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should have a doctor. But I asked my doctor, I said, hey, can you uh, test me? What's the test called to see if you've had it? The antibody test? The maybe? antibody test. I said, I want to get the antibody test. And my doctor said to me, he said, he's, no, I'm not going to do that. I said, well, how come? And he says to me, he says, what are you going to do with that information? And I said, I'm going to call the health department to let them know so it equals out those BS numbers they keep putting out. I will say, I felt like I had like an immunity shield for the six months after I had it. I was like, I can do whatever. I was so excited. I was like, yeah, I don't have to worry. Now I'm outside of that. I'm a little bit more careful. No vid. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Just stick their head in the sand and do nothing when it comes to Ukraine is actually a recipe to get our soldiers involved if Putin starts attacking, slices through Ukraine and starts attacking NATO members. Florida Congressman Michael Waltz talking about Ukraine and Russia. Can you believe that we were just talking about COVID and Novid, Novid, people who have never tested positive for COVID or maybe even, I'd almost, I'd bet almost some money I'd go to a doctor and get tested for the antibody test, see if I've even had it and I bet I'd still test negative. That's how confident I am that not only have I, I've never tested positive, but that I've never had it. You are going to literally get it tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I better quit bragging. Uh, Talking about Ukraine uh, and uh, Russia. Welcome into the show, John Marsh, producer Hannah, Stephanie Bell. My name is uh, Brandon Rathard. Uh, I love it when politicians... Uh, are trying to sell books and I don't read a lot. I get like when I meet somebody, they say, what have you read recently? I'm like, the internet. I I don't have time to sit and read. You should get a book book club. I got a book club. (laughs) I've been in the same book club for like 12 years. It is the source of so much happiness. What was the last book you read? Well, I didn't read. (laughs) I didn't read last month's book, but the month before that we read The Lost Apothecary. I would highly recommend it. It was so good. It was set in London um, and it was like, I read it when I was over there, it was great. Um, and so, yeah, if you need a good book, The Lost Apothecary, recommend it. Um, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence been talking about uh, there's talks sur- uh, surrounding him regarding a 2024 presidential run. His reaction following Trump's announcement last night. He's got a new book out. But what I think is interesting is that I haven't read. Have thing. you read it? Uh, I haven't. I have some <laughs> excerpts. Okay. Uh, to an extent, the ba- Cliff Notes. Uh, the cliff notes, yeah. What other people are saying. The book is called So uh, So Help Me uh, So Help Me God. Mike Pence, former Democrat, by the way. Uh, some of the highlights, he says he's always been loyal to President Trump. Uh, quote, for four years, we had a close working relationship. It did not end well. Then he goes on to say, we parted amicably. It's like Tom and Giselle. Wasn't their split amicable, too? Um, and he talks uh, about the events of January uh, the 6th. But apparently, ultimately, he's not critical 
of his former boss. But I love when a politician goes on a TV. He goes on to Fox last night. He's hanging out with Fox's uh, Brett Bear, and they're talking about the presidential announcement and all this stuff. And, you know, and we see it all the time um, when people just try to work in. And because these, listen, these people, they have PR people. And I say, when you go on the TV and you're promoting this, whether you're running for office or selling a book, you have PR people that behind the scenes tell you and mention this and work this in and work that out. And I just thought kind of an odd work in, kind of an odd mention, Mike Pence, kind of an awkward work in of his book title here on Fox last night. Well, it's a free country, Brad. By the way, he's reacting to uh, Trump uh, announcing his 2024 run. Well, it's a free country, Brad. I the president's entitled to make whatever announcement uh, that he wants to make tonight. Um, but as I wrote in my book, it was just released today. Uh, is that awkward? <laughs> well, the president can do whatever he wants. And this is, as I said in my book, which, by the way, you can buy at bookstores now. I just that is awkward. Isn't that the same answer that Democrats gave when they were like, should Joe Biden run again? And they're like, well, it's a free country. He can do whatever the heck he wants. Uh, sometimes the best answer is... An on answer.